Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the first episode of the Soul Critics Podcast, featuring your host, Ebel. That's me. We're here to talk about sneaker news, fashion, as it relates to sneakers. The reselling game, of course, because that's a huge part of sneakers now. The culture, where it's going, how it's changed. Looking at it from an angle of the past, the present, and the future. And also, you know, keeping track of the daily BS that goes on in the culture itself. So let's get to it. As we begin our journey here, I just want to make a couple things clear. One, I will not be going through every single release. There's somewhere between 30 to 60 releases per week on a slow week. If you count all the brands, I'm not just talking just Nike, just Jordan. I'm talking all the brands, talking for your customizers, your uh, your outlier brands like Mischief. Um, you know, just there's a lot of different releases that happen. These are multi-million dollar companies. It would be insane for me to keep track of every single one of these releases. And for me to read off every single one of these releases to you is just kind of insane, too. So there's that. Second thing we have to touch on is I won't be pulling my punches. I hope to not sit here for two hours and explain everything. I'll try not to be offensive, but, you know, I'm really here to to talk that shit and tell my opinion and give y'all perspective, you know. It's important to realize that today in the sneaker game, you have a whole bunch of different hosts of personalities. You'll always have your OGs. You'll always have your newcomers. But in between that, there's a lot of different personalities. You got your YouTubers. You got your people who want to be on an island just to be on an island. You got your blogs. Of course, you have the hype beasts who think they set the tone for culture. Um... You know, a lot of different things. And we'll be talking about some of those people. Sometimes you'll question where I fall in between those. Definitely not a newcomer to the game. I've been into sneakers for a very long time. Have I been collecting for a long time? No. Collecting sneakers is an expensive habit. But, and I wouldn't even categorize myself as a collector. I'm more so aware because I like the shoe. And I want to own the shoe. Not necessarily because... You know, I want to collect and just watch it collect dust. You know, I get really antsy about my shoes collecting dust. And, you know, with sneakers, they lose their value. Uh, But, you know, I oscillate. Some days I am a hype beast. You'll hear other people talk about, you know, things that they're really excited for, but they won't categorize themselves as hype beasts. Man, we're all hype beasts at some point because there's always something new that we may want or collaboration or something old that's being retro or whatever. We all get hyped for it. It doesn't matter. Whether we go buy it, own it, completely different subject. But leading up to release, yeah, we all get hyped for it. So I'm going to oscillate. Keep it being with y'all. And then, you know, I'm not going to be here to talk stock numbers and resale numbers with you guys. 
like that's a part of the culture and those things we have to acknowledge. But man, like I'm not gonna be sitting here and being like on September twenty eighth at nine AM the Air Jordan thirteen is going to drop six thousand pairs in size six, eight thousand in size eleven, and so on and so forth. I mean, stock numbers have never gotten that high for unless it's a holiday release, but you mean y'all know what I mean. At least some of you do. And if you don't, you know, you'll figure it out. Because, like everybody, we've all just had to figure it out. I've got my notes. I've got my water. I've got my phone. So let's get to it. All right. That's our intro. Let's get into sneaker news. Now... I'm recording on Thursday, October 13th. We are a little over a month away from Dear Jordan 1 Lost and Found releasing. This is the biggest news of sneakers. It's like it's like that lull in the summertime where there's only just baseball going. And yeah, there's stuff happening, transactions happening, but everybody's just really just waiting and pining for football season. Of course, I'm recording on the Thursday. It's Thursday night football is happening right now. Probably wondering why I'm not watching the animals. My hometown team, the Bears, and the Commanders. <laughs> it's 3 nothing at halftime. I don't need to sit there and watch that. So I'm here with you guys. But anyway, this is the biggest release of the year. Period. No other release is going to touch it. It is the biggest release of the year. It's probably going to be everybody's de facto number one shoe on their year-end list, right? There are going to be some people who are going to zack, like myself. I'm totally going to zack because there's definitely going to be some really fire releases. A few tire dunks came out this year. You know, we've had a few off-white releases, you know, um, some really nice dunk colorways besides pandas (laughs) have dropped. So... It's really it's, it's gonna be some competition, but you know easily. Air Jordan One's Chicago colorway is gonna be top of the list for most, and I can understand that. They have been bombarding my timeline, the blogs, the sneaker personalities, with this shoe for the last four months. I've seen this every day. Luckily for me, I secured my pair at retail. Now, the reason why I'm talking about the shoe, we all know about it. We know it's got some 85 energy, but it's not really an 85. And then Nike's going to come out with an 85 Chicago or 85 bread in a couple of years. We're going to get juiced on that. But the reason why this shoe is special is because it's Chicago colorway. It's the first one in seven years and it's you know people are going to buy the shoe and age it anyway you know this is going to be the shoe that people buy and it's already going to be aged and distressed in a way so there's that but I really want to give a warning out there for some of my um, people who are casuals right and it's and and don't don't take this the wrong way because it's okay to be a casual. I hate the word casual. Most people are casuals at almost everything. The people who use the word casuals are casuals. 
right? I'm speaking to my NBA Twitter people out there. Like, most of y'all are casuals. You're not a die. You can never be a diehard fan of all 30 teams. It just isn't possible. Too much information to digest. Too many personalities. Too many storylines. Right? You can have opinions, but you're a casual. In the sneakers, it works the same way. You have everybody has opinions about releases, but you know they're, you're really a diehard to certain brands. And like some people are like really diehard Jordan people. Some people are really diehard Nike people. SB specifically, or ACG, or you know whatever. Some people are diehard Adidas people, New Balance people, so on and so forth. You yeah, you have opinions about the other brands, but mostly most of us are casuals to, when it comes to this. For everybody out there. Spending 1,500 hours a pair on this shoe before it releases next month. Let's just do the math here for a second. Let's just say there's 225K stock out there. Right? Let's say 50,000 of that stock has been reserved for... Vault purposes, influencers, Jordan brand athletes and their families, the NBA players got all the NBA players got to get seated, or at least all the Nike and Jordan affiliated people, the high school kids who signed in a NIL deals with Nike recently, they got them and their people got to get seated. So let's assume they put 50, oh, 50k away, right? Now we're down 175k. Let's say there are some early pairs out there. And I do believe there's like maybe there's probably less than 1,500 legit, keyword, legit early pairs out there. If that is the case, $1,400, a little steep, but probably deserve a price because of the scarcity of legit pairs. Going back to my example... Nike is not going to release their entire stock of the shoe. They're definitely going to keep some and divvy it other places. And by the way, this is 205 or 225K worldwide. So they got to seed it to all the Nike athletes and all the other people across the world, right? It's not just America. Some people get confused and like, oh, it's, it's 60,000 stock. Yeah, yeah motherfucker, 60,000 stock for the entire world. Not 60,000 stock for just the state of Louisiana, right? But my point here is this. Be careful. Really be careful. I watch too many people get scammed on early pairs of certain shoes. Too easy. It's too easy to do it. Why? And I'm not a scammer. I'm not one of those people who participates in that. But it's just too easy. And... And it's also really easy to spot a fake pair of Chicago ones, right? So let's just keep that in mind. Just be careful, guys. That's that. This past week, we had the Jordan Reserve. Infrared 4s, Neapolitan 3s, Stage H1s, Military 4s. 
Look, very interested in the fours that came. I've been wanting to pair military fours. I did not participate because I just did not have the funds. 210 was steep. And trust me, I was definitely mathing, trying to figure it out. But in my mind, I put it like this. Because I already got some change allotted towards a Joe Freshgood, which I'll talk about in a second. His his release coming up in the next couple days or so. Right? I already got my money allotted to that. And y'all know how expensive New Balance is. So anyway, nothing new on the Jordan Reserve. You know, it's interesting. When Nike was doing these reserves at first, I feel like they had more compelling shoes to drop. Now, we know what the reserves are. The reserves are them getting rid of the return orders. They're basically just reselling sold-out shoes, right? But some of these pairs were sitting. Neapolitan 3s, Stage Chase 1s definitely were sitting. So, they're just getting rid of the stock. But a while back, there definitely used to be more heat in the Jordan Reserve that made people like really clamor for it. And I would rather Nike put the shoes in their stores, right? Because the next step, the next step to this, and something I'll touch on later with Tom Sachs, is if it didn't work in a direct-to-consumer or via sneakers in the Nike's app, Nike app, then the next step is to put it in your stores on shelves so people could just walk in and buy it. Because that's how most people consume and buy things. They want to just walk in the store, go buy it, right? Are you going to go have resellers storming Nike towns and foot lockers looking for military force? Probably. But they're paying for it. Does that mean the resale price goes up? Because they do factor in resale price for their shoe. It's part of their success criteria. Post-launch, not pre-launch, post-launch. I'm sure. But at the end of the day, like, I would rather see a Jordan Reserve for some more exclusive pairs. Like 10,000 pairs of Taxi Ones, for example, right? Taxi Ones sold out like that. Or 10,000 pairs of the Chicago Ones that are coming. Or the Twos, right? They or, the, or collaborations. They have so many different ways that they can make the Jordan Reserve interesting, right? Early pairs, like really take control of some of the situations that are spiraling from overproduction and too many quantities of shoes, which is, all right, drop 10,000 pairs of I'm a mid-year 13s, right? Or Soulfly 13s, right? They're just sitting in the warehouse until the release date. What's the difference on loading them up on sneakers early? Right? Really leverage that Jordan Reserve for stuff that people care about. And then, like, you know, December, January, December, January, no, more so December, November, December, like, just drop the, just do what you just did with it. And drop the shoes that haven't been selling. But I think it'd be easier if they just put that shit on the sales. Because more people would consume it. Nike is so popular. People, they have, they have figured it out before. I've talked about this before. But they have figured it out in a, in a way that I've never seen them figure it out before. A lot of, the, a lot of companies are moving to a pricing tier where, yeah, they have their high-end product, right? In this scenario, the high-end product is the exclusive shit to 
uh, the special projects, uh, the collaborations and stuff like that, right? Then you're more exclusive retros in this scenario. Let's just use the Chicago one, for example, that's coming, right? That's your exclusive shit. But they have so much shit that just sells because people just want to get anything that has that Nike or Jordan on it. So these extra pairs that are sitting, go put those in the fucking shops, man. People are going to go buy them. They're not just going to sit there forever, and if they do, so what? This is my thought. I didn't mean to spend too long on that topic. Nigel Sylvester's Jordan 1 Lowe's got a first look. It's not the official images, but it got a first look. Look, I'm fucking with this pair. The only thing that I kind of have an issue with is the shape. Now, these could be his samples and not the official shoe. So, I could be wrong about the shape aspect of it. Everything else is fire to me. I like the swoosh. I like the swoosh detail on the front uh, on the front mudguard. I like the what looks like really good quality leather. Right, I like the white shoestrings or the cream shoestrings in here. I like the swoosh, the gold Jordan One Wings logo, Jordan logo. You know, I could have, I could have dealt without that. You know, personally, like they could have made that any other color. They could have made that white, or they could have made that black. They could have done a, something different. But you know, I'm mad at it. Um, only thing that kind of bothers me is the shape. Now. You're going to say, Evan, it looks just like every other Jordan one. Yeah, it does, but not really. I mean, the shape is kind of more reminiscent of a dunk high. This could, this could be a, a strong take here. But, it, yeah, yeah, it it looks it looks like a, um, you don't remember those 85 uh, acid wash dunks that they came out last year that they're conveniently no longer producing? These the shape kind of looks like that, and like I know, I think Nigel Sylvester does like the BMX stuff too. So I know like um, he's got Nike Air on the tongue. That's a nice little detail. Now, I'm starting to think this is a sample because he's beat this pair he has looks beat to hell. You know, I'm starting to think this is a sample, but based off the shape, I'm not really rocking with the shape. Everything else. Fire. I don't like the way he laced them either, but you know, that's that's just me. King and Purple Force drop on Saturday. They've already released in Europe. People call these the discount Travis Scott's. Look, if you like them, buy them. If you don't like them, don't buy them. It's simple. They're fours, they're gonna sell out. These are one of the shoes that the resellers have been quietly not quietly, but have been, you know, telling people these are a hold. This shoe, military fours and topaz fours, which I've actually been wearing a lot recently, are like set to go up a tremendous amount. I don't know which one of you nerds is categorizing, like, and predicting this shit like a stock, but you know, I guess wear the shoe, buy the shoe to wear the shoe. Don't buy the shoe to resell. That shit lame. Yeezy, Knit Runner, Fade, Indigo coming out on Friday the 14th, October 14th. Wow. 
fall for grace from the civil web bro. i remember the first og one that came out i'm saying that like came out 10 years ago but it came out last year and this was on people's sneaker of the year last year too this is even funnier right this year was probably sitting in stores and on websites right but yeah the knit runner fall from grace real fall from grace you know it's one of those shoes with Yeezy where the sizing is kind of funky, and I think people are really just turned off by that. So it is what it is. Lamelo Ball MBO2 is getting a release date on the 21st, October 21st. These look exactly like the MBO1s with some minor details and changes. Look, I'm not a big fan of rushing a signature shoe out if it's not ready to be released. Meaning, like, if you guys aren't doing anything, like, extremely, like, detrimental or major changes to the to the architecture of the shoe, what's the point of putting this back out? Y'all might as well just come out with more colors of the NBO one. Are people tired of NBO one? Maybe, but it's a good quality basketball shoe. I think you should just keep that wave. No reason to rush out this NBO two that looks exactly like an NBO one. Literally looks exactly like it. Keeping it pushing. Air Jordan 6, cool gray. Looks good. Um, Unfortunately, 6s are not in style. So, they're going to sell out. You know, they're going to be popping. Because the steps are actually kind of popping on the streets a little bit. I've been seeing a lot of people with some... uh, Not a lot, but I've seen a few people walk around my neighborhood with some... Uh, Jordan 6 Stouts, and I'm like, wait, what? I didn't know 6s were in for some of you people like that. Nike Dunk Low with a fuzzy swoosh. I'm tired of Nike and their gimmicks with the with the dunk. It's kind of pissing me off. Uh, Air Jordan SE Craft, which is a women's shoe. It's a high. This is one of those scenarios where this shoe would look a lot better if it was a low instead of a high, Right? And the colors that they chose for it, it's got, they got some brown. It got some, it's like got some Neapolitan going on with like, uh, you know, some baby blue and pink at the bottom. This shoe would look way better with uh, if it was a low, in my opinion. I think it hits better as a low. Simple. Now, some fire laces would definitely make this a better looking shoe. But based on the official pictures, yeah, kind of mad. Crocs continues to milk their Salehi collaboration, come out with another colorway. I'll touch on that. You know what? I'll just touch on it now. I feel like Crocs, I'm happy for Salehi, you know, black designer doing his thing. Um, they're really milking the hell out of his partnership. And, like, that's cool. But, like, when does it become... A thing where, because one of the things that makes it cool is the fact that you don't see it on foot often. When you start seeing it on foot often for people, people start selling their shit. They move, they they put it away. Like you don't want that. That's how shoes die. So you know, Crocs. If just in case somebody from Crocs listen to this, shell that shit. Right? Let's say he come up with a new mold, or you know, like. Just restock some of the older colorways. Just, I don't know. Just 
stop with this because like what now he has like nine or ten different colorways for the shoes kind of ridiculous i mean that's good because it allowed me to get my pair for such a cheap price unfortunately um you know i just wish we could they would just chill on the collaboration that then that's all i've that's all i've got that we really need to touch on there no there actually was one more thing it was an Air Jordan 2 thing. If I can find it. Alright, I can't find it. So it was a Titan it was a Titan 2 uh collaboration. Titan X Jordan brand collaboration. Official pictures drop. Um you know they That shoe looks good. I wonder if it's going to come in a full-size run. Some of the better-looking twos to draw, specifically the Neem Chanel's, which I'm still upset about, did not come in a full-size run. Please, Nike. Even if you make on stock for it, just come in a full-size run. And stop forsaking size 13, 14, 15, man. Because these resellers are eating, charging people $900 for a... Uh, Shoe that's like selling for a hundred and eighty dollars, probably below retail and all other sizes. So, yeah. All right, that's it for sneaker news. Let's hit on some other things that have been popping in the culture. First thing is Nike's fighting back. Nike announced changes to their terms of use, in which they basically outline a policy against people who buy or use bots on their platforms and allows them to ban their accounts. It allows them to uh, not refund them for the shoes and stops for people from mass returning a bunch of pairs of sneakers. Now, this is both a good and a bad thing. It's a good thing because it's like maybe five years too late with Nike, <laughs> but it's a bad thing because like, you know, what if I'm a dad and I got six kids? And I bought six pairs of uh, military force, and I decided I didn't want, I didn't need all, I didn't need all six pairs. When my kids didn't really like them, whatever, right? I returned four pairs. Am I considered a reseller? Right? Like, what is, like, they weren't really particular about the threshold. Now, am I in support of them making this move? Yes, it's a long time overdue, right? Will it discourage resellers from buying out the drops? I think it stops. I think it stops one thing. I think it stops your run in the mill Jordan 12, Jordan 8, Jordan 3 release from getting botted out. I think that's what I think that's what stops. Your ones, your fours, your elevens, your your very hype collaborations on dunks. And other special products or special projects, does it stop that? No. And that's really where Nike needs to strike back against the resellers. Because on I mean, it's mostly the algorithm that stops us that stops us from getting W's for um for regular releases, right? I couldn't hit on a regular release in my life depending on it. The only time I hit on a release is if I'm hitting on a release for my girl. That's really it. You look at my sneaker shit right now. Outside of pollens, 
Like the only time I've hit on a sh- in in off white dunk, uh, off white dunks. But besides those two, the only time I hit are on women's stuff. AJKO in a size nine and a size eight. Yeah, it was it was women's size, size eight women's right. No, size eight men's. Size eight, uh, those black and silver Raiders looking Jordan ones, and then some other stuff. Like I've only ever hit when I'm intentionally buying for my girl, which is weird. Um, so I think that's more of an algorithm thing because there will be some people that are like that are ten for ten on sneakers releases, straight up. Like they don't miss. And then there are other people like myself who are 0 for 3,000 on the releases, literally. Um, the one time I did get close was the Off-White Lemonade release in which I got a got them, and then they took it away. And then they didn't take my payment. So, you know, because they're like, your size sold out. So basically, yeah. Or my size wasn't available. So I think that's an algorithm thing that they had to address. Whether they invest money into fixing an algorithm is a completely different story. But on the other side of it, the fact that they've figured out the situation revolving around um, resellers and bots in their terms of use, that's a, that's one step. But, I mean, that's also kind of a pony show because they don't really care. They really cared. They, was, they would tell StockX to stop selling early pairs of their shoes if they really cared. They wouldn't allow people to do early releases on the platforms, right? It's just that's another way that they could combat reselling, but Nike isn't going to go that far because that's partly, partially how they judge the success of their releases. I don't have to know anybody internal for that. That's obvious. And that's just not Nike. That's all the brands. So good for Nike. If you're a sneakerhead... You follow or have seen Z Sneakerheads post at one point on your timeline. He posts mock-ups based on color descriptions that he gets for shoes that are coming out. They may not always be accurate. They're kind of close for the most part, you know, small details. So most of the time he gets the color blocking right. Unless it's like a crazy funky design. Anyway, he put out a graphic talking about 2022 sneaker releases so far for Air Jordan 1s. And you look at the list. And I'm going to pull up that list for you. I got to go to my Twitter. But I'm going to pull up that list for you. Boom. Right here. All right. He has... Lost and found AJ ones, the uh, Chili's, the Chili Jordan ones, Starfish Jordan ones, Taxis, Brotherhoods, Visionaires. These I don't even know what these are. The pine greens look alike. I don't know. Dark marina blues, denim tears. Um, I think if this is the Gore Tex Air Jordan one, I'm not sure. Um. 85s. I think this is an 85. No, that's not an 85. That's something else. I don't even know what that is. Um, Stealths. I don't 
remember what the name of the colorway for the red, the red, the red shoe. Um, I forget it. Doesn't matter. Stage Hage ones and the Rebellionaires, right? All in all, these are all the 2022 releases, both what's been out what's, and what's coming out in the near future. And my response to this tweet was, man, it's been a really shitty year for Jordan 1s. And a friend responded to my tweet and was like, it's like a few decent pairs. And she was right. There is. Let's remove the obvious, right? We'll, we'll take away the obvious. Chicago's, Taxi's, Starfish's, right? We're taking away those three. Of the remaining decent pairs, Brotherhoods. I like Brotherhoods. I think they look good in person. Are they hard, are they hard to style? Hell yeah. Haven't worn them yet. Got to customize them. But I like Brotherhoods. Dark Marinas. Like that shoe. Visionaires. Mm, I thought this one. I had the Volt Golds, and I really missed the Volt Golds because of the color blocking. I didn't like the Volt on the on the uh, the lace on the lace thing. But I, the Volt Golds were a good shoe. These weren't hidden for me. These these fake pine greens not hidden for me either. The Denim Tears was a women's release. Meh. Stage hazes, stage haze. Those were alright. Rebellionaires were awful. Probably the worst shoe release of the year. Uh, so many people were mad about the rebellionaires. It's kind of crazy. And there was, there were, I remember there were little lines around the corner for rebellionaires because people were like, "Oh my god!" They like they fell in love with the story. Resellers had convinced everybody that this shoe was going to be worth a billion fucking dollars, and boom, it fucking bombed. <clears throat> Denim Tears, I got exclusive access to that shoe. Of course, it was women's release, and I only hit on women's shoes, so of course I got exclusive access to that. Um, and then the Gore-Tex shoes, and then the Travis, the GR Travis shoes. Look, like, aside from aside from the, the GR Travis-looking shoes, most of these shoes have the same color blocking. And that was kind of my point. There was absolutely no creativity in the Jordan 1 this year when it comes to color blocking, when it comes to style. And people are saying, oh, the Jordan 1 is dead, the Jordan 1 is dead. The Jordan 1 is not dead. The Jordan 1 will sell out 9 out of 10 times, right? Especially if it's a story, not a good story. Nike likes to create these over-fabricated stories about special Jordan moments that didn't exist, that are different from the OGs, continue to sell shoes to a new generation, whatever. Right. But the reality of the situation is, is that they need to be at more, be more adventurous on some of these releases, just in the color block and the styling. Like, let your designers cook. man. Like, don't put out no denim tears bullshit. Like, let people cook. You guys have some really talented designers in there. I've talked an awful lot about Nike, but still, it's been an off year for them in the Jordan one department. Jordan 4s, I could argue the same shit about the Jordan 4s, right? Aside from the retros, what are we doing here? All right. The biggest thing going on in 
pop culture right now is Kanye West and his antics. Kanye, 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 Kanye. White Lives Matter, Fox News appearances, insulting Jews. Look, go look it up for yourself. We're not here to talk about that. But what we are here to talk about is he does have some drama with Adidas. And he's created that drama, right? It started with the Yeezy Day fiasco earlier in the year. And it's only gotten worse, right? Right now, his partnership is quote-unquote under review at Adidas, right? They're probably looking at settling with him quietly in the background, which he's going to parade around the world as a W, but I think this is what he actually won at the end of the day in a weird way or not. Again, I'm not here to talk about it. But in general, in general, the Yeezy brand has fell off in general. Like, and I'm specifically talking about the Adidas stuff. His Gap stuff moves moves but the adidas stuff has fallen off a cliff literally i mean the 350s with all his releases they're just so bad like yeezy was innovating for such a long time and we didn't even get some of the innovative, the really cool innovative shit because he switched up behind the scenes and in public and switched to Balenciaga. But we didn't really get the really innovative, cool stuff like the 1080 boot. We didn't get uh, some more, the next evolution of the foam runner. We got these bogus ass colorways that uh, obviously Adidas has been coining in the background and naming because it's just been a remix of what he's already done. Right, and some people have attributed to him losing Salehi, Adidas hiring talent, talent behind his back, whatever. Look, a good footwear designer is a good footwear designer. As good as Salehi is, Salehi has been gone from it from Yeezy for a minute now, so it wasn't that. Right, he was head of footwear at Versace for like a couple of years, so it's not him. You know, he did a lot of good work, but it's not him. Right. The thing is, is that Kanye just is not invested in the Yeezy brand anymore. And Adidas is trying to milk what they can in the background. Are they stealing some of his shit? Hell yeah. Does he have a case in that department? Yeah. But he signed a bogus steal. He got nothing, ain't nothing, nothing he could do about it. Besides, well, you know, wear white, white, white lives matter t-shirts. And talk shit about Jews. Maybe so. Maybe there is something you can do about it. But from a footwear perspective, I mean, he's really falling off a cliff. And it was even worse because, like, I don't think Kanye has produced like clothes for them since like the early days of their partnership. Very early days of their partnership, which is also a huge part of the Yeezy appeal, right? It wasn't just the shoes. It wasn't just us wearing the shoes. It was like the special, the 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 way they he designed him and his team designed sweatpants to go with the shoe, or the way they got certain T-shirts that matched the tones of the shoe, like those earth tones, the baggy the baggy stuff, the basically the stuff that he's been doing for Gap, right? That stuff was happening at Adidas early, early on, right? And then it stopped. No reason why, no that I can think of. 
at the moment without it being pure speculation. I'm sure there's some article out there uh, from a long time ago that addresses this, but we haven't really seen it. And then, you know, when he couldn't sit on the board of Adidas or they basically said, ha ha, fuck you in the background, you know, like he started, he started wearing the Nikes. He started wearing the Balenciagas. He started doing stuff to alienate them. And it's just like, it's just been bad. So, you know, I don't know where he goes from here from a footwear perspective, you know, in in a in a situation where Adidas decides and tomorrow feels like the kind of slow news day around four thirty, five o'clock when they decide to drop Kanye so it, you know, kind of fades into the weekend type of thing. But I I don't know where they go from here. Because unless Kanye is back in that design lab and really like innovating with them and like, you know, because he he forced a lot of these brands, including Adidas themselves, to switch their tactics, right? New Balance is a comeback the way it's came back into high culture. And I am a New Balance guy. No ifs, ands, or buts. New Balance has not come back into the hype culture without Yeezy. Because Yeezy was pushing that dash you shit for the most part, right? They're all about comfort and aesthetic. New Balance is a comeback into the fold without Adidas and Yeezy. Facts. We we need him, you know. We need his ideas because his ideas, him and his team's ideas, were forcing these footwear brands to like really like think and really like come out with new product. And you see without somebody there like him innovating as such a big brand that could really move mountains like Adidas, for example, we now are stuck in this holding pattern where brands are putting out uh, white, black, white, green, white, blue, white, yellow, white, orange, white, burnt orange, white, burnt brown of the same silhouette and the same shoe. Over and over and over again. Yes, I'm talking about the New Balance 550. Right? We're seeing brands do meals. Right? Now, I'm not 100% certain that Kanye brought back the meal. But the, or, but the meal coming into popularity was, part of the, was part, partly because of the foam runner's popularity. And how popular the foam runner still is. And the slide. I mean, foam runners and slides and Crocs, those are what people fucking wear. Not wearing outside of like they're going to professional events for the most part, they're wearing those three kinds of shoes, slip ons. They're not wearing like uh, fully laced Jordan 2s and stuff like that or Jordan 1s, like every once in a while, but not consistently. And one of the reasons why I regret, while I do not regret selling my Yeezy collection after his latest outburst, I just can't do with, deal with it anymore. One thing I will miss is, like, the comfort and the aesthetic, right? I'm not getting that with any other brand. And I'm not going to wear that knockoff shit that Adidas is doing either. So, there's that. Yeezy, where art thou? Miss you. Innovating. We don't miss your bullshit, but we miss you innovating. I talked about the Jordan 1 release. I've talked about the Jordan 1 at length already. The Lost and Found joint in Chicago. But I have a topic in here. It's called Preparing for Chaos. 
And it will be chaotic, right? Now, I will be going for a second pair. I've already secured my pair. I've had a friend who looks out for me. Secured my pair. I'll be paying retail and shipping, but I have to secure my pair. And I say that so happy because, honestly, had they not looked out for me, hmm. I mean, I would definitely wasn't going to be paying a rent check for a pair of lost and found ones at all. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be nice to have. Because now I have two pairs of Jordan ones. I feel really comfortable beating up my 2015 pair. I'll have this one on ice. It'll just be so nice. But there's going to be a lot of chaos around this release. Is it going to do Travis Scott numbers? Probably not in terms of sneaker entries. Will these be heavily botted entries? Hell yeah. The sneakers app is probably going to break once or twice. Trying to field some of the requests for that shoe. I could see Nike pulling some bullshit and being like, okay, we're going to put some of these on the Nike app. And look... To my people at Nike, whoever's listening, I don't have anybody at Nike, but to whoever at Nike is actually listening, look, G, don't do no bullshit and put that shit on the Nike app. I will scream. Do not do that. That is super annoying. The Nike app is for regular people who want to buy regular fucking running shoes and some shorts and some basketball shoes. They do not care they do care to an extent, but that's unnecessary traffic. And the Nike app has already shown that it cannot handle body releases. Okay, that's what sneakers is here for, for the exclusive stuff. Also, too, while we're on this subject, do not pull no exclusive, do not pull no exclusive access bullshit on us. Don't fucking do it. Don't do it. It's annoying. Just don't do it. Just have a straight up 15 minute release, five at the typical 10 minute release that you typically do. And then the extra five minutes to weed out the bots, right? The 15-minute counter, everybody gets their entries in by 9.20, 9.25. I know if I hit or did not hit. It's that simple. We don't need to make it complicated at all. We don't need to make it complicated at all. Please, 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 please don't make this complicated. But it will be complicated because, you know, all the tier zero stores are going to get it, right? All the some tier one stores are going to get it. Foot Locker is getting some. Like they're probably Dick Sporting Goods is getting a few thousand pairs. JD Sports probably getting a couple thousand pairs. And we've already talked about, you know, uh, some early pairs on the markets that are fixed. Look, this is going to be a lot of chaos. If you want the shoe, go for the shoe. Don't don't be don't be that superficial person that's like. I'm only I'm not entering no raffles. That's doing too much. If you want to shoe, you can go enter some raffles. It's just that simple. This is part of being a sneakerhead. These chaotic releases like this. Look, this also reminds me. Any people who are talking, any of you stores, you tier zero stores, you're talking about doing an in-person release, like having people come up and do like um, in-person raffles. Please don't do it. Take that idea, put it in the trash. Go take a shower. Come back to the drawing board. Like, do not. That is asking for problems. Clearly, this is a high value commodity shoe. 
I've already said too much about this shoe. I'm tired of talking about this damn shoe. But please, for the safety of others, don't do that. Just do it online. Back it, people are already concerned that you that everybody backs doors pairs. Just just keep just keep doing what you do. Backdoor the pair, the pair to your friends, owners, kids get it, you get it, you know, just do do what you do and release the others. As long as y'all pay out accounts, you know, it is what it is, right? On the topic of releases, Tom Sachs put out the second iteration of his general purpose shoe. It was like a sofa yellow colorway, right? It released on his website. I didn't hit it released on sneakers. I didn't go for it, but I probably wouldn't hit. And then it was dropped in at random calls. Look, <clears throat> there was a lot of patting Nike's back for um, the Coles part of the strategy. Let me be the first person to tell you. Because I'm a zag. I don't know if anybody else is zagged, but I'm a zag on this. That shit was head-ass. Let me tell you why. The desired result happened anyway, right? The shoe sold out, right? It's probably still sitting in some cold somewhere in middle America, low-key. People aren't even thinking about it. But let me tell you something. The minute that it was leaked on social media that the shoe was going to be in Kohl's, what did people do? They immediately got zoomed down to their nearest Kohl's with their credit cards, and they tried to buy eight pairs of the shoe. And the problem is, and the problem that I have with this release is... If they were sincere about it, they would just put it in the store. Honestly. Right? When they want to sell their Alpha Zoom Fly 2 shoes, what do they do? They put it in the stores. They put it in their partner stores, in the boutiques, Dick Sporting Goods, Kohl's, maybe some Targets. I, I could be, you know, embellishing with that Target. But it's available. You could go find your Nike Alpha Fly Zoom 2 on the app, at their stores, partner stores. You could go find you that, that shoe. It's $300, I think, but you could find that shoe. If Nike really cared, just put the shoe in stores. Like, why are we doing a release through Tom Sachs' website? Why are we doing a release through uh, sneakers? Why are we doing a release through your other partner stores. Just put the shoe on the shelves and tell everybody, once it's gone, it's gone. Why even do the direct-to-consumer stuff on apps? I'll tell you why they do it. They do it because they want to observe behavior, right? This Coles thing was just a misdirection. I'm not, this isn't a conspiracy theory. This is really dead ass. This is really dead ass serious, right? This observing behavior, right? We were in a pandemic, right? In that pandemic, the way only way we could really go acquire stuff was through the internet, right? But now we're forced being forced back outside, and 
you know, people are trying to get comfortable standing in lines and being in more crowded places and going back to doing normal daily daily ass tasks like going to movies. Not daily, going to movies, not daily tasks, but, you know, doing daily tasks like going to a grocery store where it's a little bit more crowded than usual. Going to movie theaters is a little more crowded than usual. Going to a, a concert is a little bit more crowded than usual. Blah, 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 blah. Right? But the one thing that hasn't changed is more people are shopping online than ever before. Right? That's a fact. The people are more comfortable because they want... Everybody likes a good shipping notification. I love a good shipping notification. But if you can go pick it up in store, especially out of Kohl's or Nike near you, <laughs> it's easier too. The problem is, is that... Nike did this in their third way. Had they did it initially, in addition to the dropping on Tom Sachs, in addition to dropping it on the sneakers app and the Nike app, then I feel like their strategy was more legit and purposeful. It's just observing behavior. Because I guarantee you, they're going to take... I don't want to use the lost and found as an example. They're going to take another hype release like Tom Sachs, right? His GP shoe. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know. But they're going to take one of their other hype releases. They're going to drop it into Coles. And they're going to really see who flocks to Coles, right? Coles is now a place where you can pick up some low-key Nike stuff. Crazy. Just Just food for thought. I'm not messing with the strategy because it's it's not genuine. Put put Coles on the first wave of the release if you're genuine. Put it in Dick's Sporting Goods where people can find it. Why do I got to go to Coles for that? Put it in Dick's. Put it in Foot Locker. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You're trying to run Foot Locker out of business. Oh, silly me. I'm going to save this other top for last. Let's skip to this one. Let me get the last Nike thing out of the way. This is... My my next episodes will not be Nike-centric, I promise. You know? Adidas just ain't on shit right now. And I'm a New Balance lover. New Balance ain't really doing nothing for me at this very moment in time. But we'll we'll get to that in a second. G.J. Khaled's Fives got a release date, November 28th, six months after, six months, four, six, seven months after um, his social media push when they first announced the shoe in April. Look, we've seen a GR version of this shoe come out. Why it took so long to come out, I don't know. There's four shoes, right? Three of them are coming, and there's a friends and family version. I'll be very interested to see how many of you guys really love fives. Because I'm I'm not there. This I like fives, I really do. I'm not there with, with this particular collaboration. It was heated first. But the more, I think, I think the hype has worn off for me. Like, 
Had it came out in April, we could have wore the shoe over the summer, right? You know, there are going to be people that are trying to buy the whole pack and, you know, get the friends and family. But the shoe's been out there for a while now. Like, it's just okay, right? I'll be interested to see how many people really are in love with that shoe once it releases. That's all I got to say about this shoe. We talked about this before. On the old podcast, on the old feed, a plug talk feed with Cody. Like, we talked about this. This. I don't have nice things to say about this this shoe, this release. I don't, man. I don't. The, like I said, the hype is worn off for me. The shoe is probably going to be 210. Then that's probably the other reason why it's killing it for me, too. The shoe's probably going to be like 210. 220. Don't want to pay 220 for a Jordan 5? Hell no. I didn't want to pay $300 for that light up bad bunny shoe. And I regret not dropping the 300 for it. Because it's like 450 on resale in my size. The price increase is definitely hurt. Because if the DJ Khaled shoe was 180, okay. 200, that's not bad. Spending 250 with taxes and shipping included? <laughs> not my cup of tea. Last thing on the list Joe Fresh Goods, the 993. I think. Because he posted on his Instagram story, this he said the end of an era. I took that to mean that this is his last New Balance shoot that he's doing, right? I'm not going to speculate where he goes or what he does after this. I know he's big on controlling the messaging and getting in the bag and doing things his way. So that kind of limits, you know, what brands he works with. The sky's the limit for whatever he decides to do. I'm not I don't want to put no uh no limiter on him. This collaboration is fire. This is a shoe that deserves to be in the top ten of your sneaker list. This shoe probably knocks definitely is better than the than the uh ninety sixty that he came out with, for sure. It's definitely better than a two thousand I think he did it. Yeah, he did a 2002 R and a 550. The conversations among us definitely better than that pack. Now, when we talk about New Balance releases, there's been a lot of good ones this year, as usual, right? New Balance is on fire. They're kind of tapering off a little bit, but they're still pretty up on top of the world. I would say this shoe. Probably ranks up there with the this never with the the uh this never that collaboration and the up and the up there store collaboration. Even though the shoe only came out in Australia, I don't even know the price for that up there collaboration. It's probably super expensive. Um, definitely better than anything that Ronnie Fogg has done with uh, um, New Balance this year. And you know, to me personally. Outside of maybe one colorway of the Teddy Santos collabs, it's probably up there with a two. So, you know, good good for Joe. Top three New Balance of the year. 
Um, you know, good for him. Uh, I'll definitely be going for the green pair once I get my, uh, you know, my little pat on the back to send some money through. But um, looking at the green pair, blue pair is interesting. He's done a lot of pink, right? My only referendum on the shoe is that I don't think he needed to do a pink. I think pink is just one of his favorite colors. It's definitely a part of his brand language and his um, his brand identity and, like, his color palette. So I'm not mad that he did the pink. Um, the blue, I, there were some images on the timeline that were dropped of the blue pair. Now, this person who was wearing the blue pair, I will admit... Did not style the shoe at all. Some of you motherfuckers who are wearing your balances, like they're, you're just wearing the shoe, just you're just wearing the shoe. You're not even like attempting to style it in the same way you would style your if you were wearing a pair of Jordan ones, right? That's kind of irritating. New Balance can be sauced up big time, and for people who can't dress New Balance, it's not a bad thing, you know. But for some of you influencers, quote unquote influencers, like. So at least style it. At least sauce it up a little bit. Don't just put on the shoe to say you have it. With that being said, I saw the blue one. And I've seen the green ones in person while I was out. Fire shoe. Definitely a cop. I saw the blue ones in the picture. Not feeling them. Not feeling them at all. But, you know, if that's the shoe that I end up with, I ain't mad at it. At all. Um... Yeah. So that's all I have on the topic list. We're going to end the show bringing back, bringing a segment over from the old feed. We're going to call this the cooking segment, right? The cooking segment is we're going to treat it like a Rachel Ray show. I take you A to B on how to create a meal, right? In this scenario, I'm going to take you A to B on a certain topic. What, what the topic is. Why I feel a certain way about the topic, good, bad, or indifferent. And what my solution is, good, bad, or indifferent. Or opinion. Sometimes there are things that don't require solutions. The Cooking Show. Brought to you by nobody. All right. So, to me, one of the big issues in sneakers right now is where do we go from here? Right. I think you're starting to see these brands run out of ideas in terms of in-house in-house collaboration. What do I mean by that? I could have turned that wrong, but this is what I mean by this. Overall. The idea of the collaboration has been to sync up with an artist or a group, partner with them to create the shoe, create a marketing plan, create a story, have them execute certain details, promote the shoe to their communities, and then through that, maybe it gains hype. That formula has worked for every single brand. From Nike, down to New Balance, down to Puma, down to now Asics. Everybody's done it. 
small, big, medium, just started. Even Mischief has hopped in with the collaborations, right? Think Van Wavy Baby with Tyga. But where do we go from here? The reason why I ask this question is the ever so popular Cactus Plant Flea Market has teamed up with McDonald's and created a Happy Meal. Okay, they created little toys that came with it. Okay, not brand new. Kanye had a meal. Billy Irish had a meal. Saweetie had a meal. Travis Scott had a meal. Bad Bunny had a meal. Uh, was it Bad Bunny or J Balvin? I think it was J Balvin had a meal. One of them had a meal, right? Not new, right? Brands team up McDonald's all the time. But what makes this different is this is just yet another crossover. It's that crossover collaboration appeal where streetwear and hype meets a longstanding brand like McDonald's. Happened when Off-White collaborated with uh, Ikea. It's happening again with them. Um, and when it's happened with them in Nike, it's happened with uh, now them in AC Milan. You know, like cross collaborations and cross genres is what I think we're trending towards. And I have to say, I'm not a fan of it. The reason why is it's already hard enough to get product. Like, honestly, like you have people who, like I said, most of us are casuals on a lot of things, but you have people who are diehards on certain things. Bad Bunny shoes are impossible to get because Bad Bunny has so many low fans. People who just specifically collect and buy Bad Bunny stuff. The same can't be said for Billie Eilish, but her shit sells, right? My thing is you have people who are just here to just consume and and, and resell. And the more these cross collaborations occur, 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 (laughs) occur, the more I feel like there's scarcity in a product. Because when these cross-collaborations occur, the first thing that happens is the scarcity of product. There is no second or third wave like we've seen with Salehi and Crocs, where they're consistently producing more colorways and more of the shoe, blah, blah, blah. There's scarcity. And while I was preaching for scarcity with the Salehi Crocs, because I feel like they're kind of milking that partnership a little bit, I feel the opposite about the Cactus Plant Free Market and McDonald's collaboration. I feel like that was a collaboration that should have happened. I want to see Captain's Plant Flea Market put out actual products that um, on their site and be a real fucking uh, store. That's what I want to see. I don't give a damn about a, a Happy Meal. No, I was in line trying to get a Happy Meal. They sold out at two of the McDonald's in my area. So, Yeah. Where we go next here with collabs? In sneakers, with sneakers in general, there's a big hole in the collaboration space. Passing of Virgil, right? The bullshit that Travis Scott endured at the end of 2021 that interrupted half of 2022, right? There's a huge, huge, huge hole in the collaboration space. 
right? We're getting re- we're getting retreads of the of the Travis Scott stuff, right? He's on his fourth Jordan one, right? Apparently they're working on the seven, but he's on his fourth Jordan one colorway, Jordan one low colorway, not even Jordan one high, Jordan one low. He's done two Jordan one highs, right? He's done multiple Jordan collaborations, but overall, like. We need some. We need some fresh blood. I mean, yes, Nike has other partnerships with other designers. The Union Team, which, by the way, if anybody has a size thirteen of that Betty Jordan Seven sitting out there that I can find for retail, retail, holla at me, right? Um, they have. They have people. But nobody has claimed the throne, right? The Iron Throne is sitting empty right now. And overall, like, some of these collaborations just don't need to happen. Like, not everybody deserves a shoe. But also, these collaborations need to mean more than just putting out a product. So let's circle back. Because I feel like I'm getting all over the place. One. Cross collaborations across the different genres, they don't need to happen. We don't necessarily need to see it. It's cool when Virgil and IKEA link up because they can they have an aesthetic that they can share. There's design, there's process. Cactus Play Flea Market and McDonald's is grabbing hype and strangling it at the forefront. And it's clear with the toys. Very clear. Because otherwise, Right, it's just a sales gimmick for McDonald's, which is a multi-billion-dollar company. Two, the Iron Throne is empty. Who is going to step up to fill that void? It doesn't have to be a Nike collaborator; it could be a New Balance collaborator, but we need somebody prolific to stand up. And what I mean by prolific is quality over quantity. So that means that. Ronnie Fike, as much as I love some of his collaborations, cannot qualify for this conversation. He is not, he's prolific in terms of how many collaborations his brand Kiff churns out, but not all of them are high quality. That's one. Two, some of the sneaker collaborations, while they sell out, not all of them are high quality. So he can't qualify for this list. Teddy Santos works for New Balance now. And even then, some of the ALD stuff, eh, you know, not a lot of real progress has happened in that, in for his store. But he's made a lot of progress for Made in USA stuff, you know. Still, just kind of rinse and repeat with some of the colorways for his mating USA, so he can't qualify for it. I would love to put, you know, someone from the Nike family there, but, you know, or the Jordan family, but I I have strong arguments against uh, Alma Meniere in social status. Strong arguments against them. Like, the three was amazing. The two, I, the two is ugly, but I really want that shoe still. The one, I love the one. I was super wrong about the one. I was extremely wrong about the one. But all their collaborations are kind of the same, right? They all have that same formula. You know, the 12 is different. 
put it to 12. And quite honestly, in the one the one time that I actually want to see something different from him, he does a 12. And, like, a 12 isn't really that challenging. And, you know, he did an okay job. Whatever. Um, the Air Penny 2... It was nice. It's a nice shoe. It's a nice shoe. Unfortunately, it did, doesn't get the respect that it deserves from the kids today, but, you know, it's a nice shoe. And the Airship, that was genius marketing by him. I won 23,000 pairs overall. Creates real value for that shoe. Obvious resale and nostalgia play with that one. But he's not prolific, right? You could argue that he's two for five or two for six. The Union family, well, love to elevate them. I mean, they're not family, but, you know, calling them a group as a, as a whole. Well, love to elevate them, but twos, mixed reception, right to the two. Everybody hates the Cortezes outside of California. And um, what else did I come out with? The dunks. People love the dunks, but I think people love the dunks for resale value and not necessarily for the shoe itself, which sucks. Because the, uh, the penny, the blue and pink pair is fire. So there's a, there's a gap there. And I wish somebody would fill it. If it was another, if it came from another brand, you know, another designer, right? Who knows? But you know, somebody needs to grab a hold of it because, you know, we're getting some really bullshit collapse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nike is, Nike is like combing through like the the uh, the old 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 stuff to you know try and drum up some excitement new balance is sticking with their formula but how long is that going to last consistency is everything how long is that going to last adidas is just all over the place they're all over the place yeah the sambas and the high fashion clubs are cool you know the wells bonder stuff is cool um where we go from here obviously you're about to lose easy so that's a really huge part of your street career what are you going to do Ivy Park, don't even get me started on Ivy Park. It's footwear-wise. Footwear-wise, they can't compete. Clothes-wise, it's not, I'm not their demographic. But, you know, they got some okay pieces. Marty does a good job, right? Styling them. So, yeah. Long way to go. But I'm excited to see where collaborations go next. In my opinion, I think that telling stories and giving people who have earned these collaborations, these hardworking footwear and fashion designers, these up-and-coming new talents that are popping not on Instagram that are minorities, black and brown and, and Asian and Latino people, even some of the white people deserve some looks too, but some younger talent, man. I don't want to hear Jeff Tapel Pigeon collab in 2023. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear John Geiger. 
I don't want to hear Warren Lotus. We've been hearing the same names over and over and over again. Give me somebody different, please. That's where we can go. That's how it gets better. And that's a good-ass dish cooked and served well. I'm going to workshop that last part. Y'all won't hear no bullshit like that from me again. Okay. A lot of cursing. A lot of uh, good energy. I feel good after recording this podcast. I really do. I really felt like, you know, I covered all the things that are, like, super important that are not, that are in the culture right now. Um, And I hope to keep doing that with you guys, you know. New feed, new life, you know. I'm really excited to go on this journey with you. Um, And, yeah, you know, episodes on a weekly basis, sometimes bi-weekly, depending on, you know, the flavor flavor what's going on in the culture stuff isn't really popping off because you know not everything pops off and i don't need to cover every single thing for you guys give my opinion because i always have opinion on stuff you know that i won't record if you know try and stay consistent with it because i like talking i like talking to you guys and i like talking about sneakers mostly like talking about sneakers i don't like talking about i mostly like talking about sneakers um yeah so that's it that's my end I used to close out the episodes by saying something clever, like drink water, you know, no war in Ukraine. Both of those things are true. Drink water, no more war in Ukraine. Um, but right now, you know, I would just say if you are getting into sneakers, it's the first podcast you listen to, you're one of many podcasts you're listening to, or, you know, like you've been a sneakerhead for 20, 30 years, or you've been collecting for a really long time. This, what I'm about to say is consistent for everybody across the board. Wear what you love. Don't just buy the sneaker and let it sit in your closet. The worst thing in the world for me is like when I'm putting on fits and I'm like, man, I would love to wear these, but I don't have, I don't want to wear them to this function because I'm going to be around. No, shoes are meant to be worn and they lose their value. You see things get crushed because they've been sitting in boxes for so long, right? I got shoes in my storage unit right now in my base, in the building of my my basements, my building's basement. Wow, oh my God, took a lot to get out. Sitting there, mostly because I have space, but also because like, you know, I haven't worn them yet, or I have worn them and I keep them in rotation. The point is, wear your sneakers, man, really. Wear your sneakers, cherish your sneakers. They all have a good story. Like, the reason why you bought that sneaker is because you're connected to that sneaker one way or another. When you put that sneaker on, that sneaker has power. It gives you confidence. It gives you um, it, it gives you good energy. You know, and you're probably going to have a good fucking time. Or something really good is going to happen to you when you put on your favorite sneaker. Like, don't just spend $2,000 on a shoe and not wear it. You know. Also, Union 1 Storm Blues are better than the Black Toe. <clears throat> I'm not taking that opinion back. All right, deuces.